This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we have a great gospel today from the gospel of Mark, and it deals with Jesus sending out the twelve. And see, that's so important because it's about us, therefore. We are all, in some ways, the successors of the apostles. We're all the descendants of these first disciples of Jesus. So here he's giving the marching orders, what he wants his disciples to do. So we are meant to listen very attentively. Listen now to what he says. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two. Well, first of all, that beautiful symbol of the twelve, the twelve tribes of Israel. What's the church? The church is the new Israel. What was Israel's purpose? It was by its own unity in praise and love to become a magnet to the world. Israel was meant to be the gathering place for the whole world. That's the essential marching order given to the church to this day. We're the new 12, the new Israel. We have the same purpose. By the very compelling quality of our love and our praise to draw the world to the true God. So that's our identity. He sends them out two by two. Christianity is just inescapably a communitarian religion. We're implicated in each other. Communio, connection. God is himself a communio of persons. The church is not a collectivity of individuals. It's a mystical body. It's an organism. Therefore, it's so important that as they go out, they go out two by two, not as individuals. It's not a private religion, Christianity, not a private interior spirituality. It's always about communio, because God is communio, and the purpose of the church is to draw the whole world into that divine family. And that's why it's so important that they go out two by two. Just a word of advice to all um, involved in Christian ministry of any kind, don't do it on your own. It's always a bad sign. It's your own little ministry. No, no, at the very least, you go out two by two. We're in this together because we're about communio. Next it says, he gave them authority over unclean spirits. And I know this is a topic for a whole other homily. But Christianity is a fighting religion. That lovely phrase that we used before Vatican II a lot, the ecclesia militans, the church militant. What that means, though, literally and more simply, is the fighting church. The church here below is in a battle. Look at the Gospels now, as John Courtney Murray pointed out. From beginning to end, what you see is a struggle, a fight. Jesus is a warrior, as I've often argued. 
Is he battling personal sin? Yes. Is he battling institutional sin? Yes. Is he up against collective dysfunction? Yep, he knows all about that. But finally, ultimately, he's doing battle, as Paul said, with powers and principalities. Are there dark spiritual powers that stand behind the dysfunction of the world, both personally and collectively? Yes, is the answer the Bible gives from beginning to end. The church is a fighting church. Whenever we see hatred, whenever we see violence, whenever we see cruelty, whenever we see injustice, whenever we see corruption, we fight it using the weapons of the gospel. And we sense behind those dysfunctions a spiritual disorder. And we are sent out indeed to battle these dark spirits. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. The church still has that authority. Then, he instructed them to take nothing for the journey. No food, no sack, no money in their belts. Now, I submit to you, friends, that is still, to this day, 2,000 years later, pretty breathtaking stuff. Can you imagine now going off on any kind of journey, even like a little vacation journey, without, now put it in our terms, without uh, food, without a wallet, carrying no money, and with no suitcase. Can you imagine arriving at O'Hare Airport? I travel a lot, fly a lot, and I, I'm always, I'm kind of a nervous traveler when it comes to being prepared. I want to make sure I got everything. Wallet, ticket, uh, suitcase, properly packed. I couldn't imagine arriving at O'Hare to begin a trip. Let's say I had my ticket, but I had no wallet, no money, no suitcase. To do that, you have to be in a stance of radical reliance upon God's providence. See, I think Jesus here is bringing his disciples through a kind of initiation ritual. Tough, hard, very demanding. Yeah, and that's the whole point is to get them off of their hyper-reliance upon their, the self and get them into an attitude of reliance upon God's providence. What if even for a week you tried that? Making no provisions, making no plans, but just relying on God's providence. Well, see, it would do something to you on the inside. It would change you. It would cause a conversion you know, up and down the centuries, a lot of religious communities have used this sort of uh, discipline. I think I've told this story before about, uh, this is back in the, in the uh, just after the fall of the Roman Empire, when there were uh, Christian monks in Ireland, and when they got too many in the monastery, they had to form a new community, is monks would simply get into a boat, and they would drift. And they would come ashore wherever the waves uh, brought them. And that's where they'd build their new monastery. They went out without food, without provision, without um, navigation or direction, simply trusting in God's providence. To this very day, when a young man is uh, joining the Jesuit order, he has to do a pilgrimage experience. And it's in imitation of the founder of the Jesuits, Ignatius of Loyola, who also endeavored to go to the Holy Land without any provision, 
any plan simply trusting in God's providence. Young Jesuits to this day are given maybe a few dollars, and they're told, you've got to get to Mexico City to visit the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Or you've got to get, if they're in Europe, you've got to get to Rome. Given a little bit of money, and now you're on your own. Well, that does something to you. When you are stripped of everything you've been relying on, and you have to trust radically in God's providence. Well, we're all the new Israel. We're all the disciples of Jesus. Can we go forth with that same blithe confidence? Here's something I find wonderful. So he tells them what they can't bring, you know, money and, and food and the sack and so on. But then he does say, but I want you to bring a walking stick and you are to wear sandals. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? The two things he mentions are for movement. Buddhism, Buddhism has been called a sitting religion because the Buddha sat beneath the Bodhi tree and came to enlightenment. Christianity is a religion on the move, I think it's fair to say, because it's a religion of mission. Nobody in the Bible is ever given an experience of God without being at the same time sent. Israel collectively has a mission. Individual Israelites addressed by God have missions, whether that is Abraham or Moses or David or Jeremiah or Isaiah. And so all of us today, disciples of Jesus, we've got a mission. We've been sent. It's time to move. Mary receives the word of the angel in the Annunciation, and then it says she proceeded in haste into the hill country of Judea. She moved. Christians are restless, if you want, because we are about the spreading of the word. We're meant to move. Now listen. Jesus says, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Now, it sounds like a, like a commonplace, but think about it. What he's saying is, don't fuss about finding a better place to stay. Don't worry if you know the place you're staying is not up to your standards, or there's a better place around the corner. Who cares? Whatever house you enter, stay there till you leave. Be detached from that sort of you know, physical comfort. You're there for a job. If the house you're staying in is adequate, stay there. Then, whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet. I know that can sound kind of, I don't know, preemptory or sort of uh, dismissive. But think of it this way. You come into the place. Some listen, but others don't. Maybe they're hostile to you. They don't listen to the word. What's our natural reaction? Get angry. Get back at them. We'll show them. I find that in my own work on uh, the Internet when I'm responding to people's comments. You know, at times I can get, I'll get angry. Someone's not listening to me. They're not agreeing with me. And, and I can write something that's maybe a little too harsh or sharp. I, I'm always careful then to remove those because it's just a bad reaction. Jesus says, if they don't listen to you, well, shake the dust from your feet and move on. In other words, don't, don't engage in some violent retribution. Don't get involved in an argument. Just move on. You've got a task. 
Some will listen, some won't. Okay, it's up to God. I mean, how that uh, word is received. Like the sower that goes out, some falls on good soil, some on rocky soil, some on the path. Okay, that's not your business. Your business is to sow. Here, your business is to preach, to announce. They don't receive you? Okay, move on. Then it says, so they went off and preached repentance. There's that word, metanoia. Go beyond the mind you have. Change your mind. Change your attitude. That was Jesus' inaugural address. Repent. Metanoiate in the Greek. Change your mind. That's still the task of the church, is to reiterate that great inaugural speech of Jesus. Change your way of thinking. Your life's not about you. Not about your prerogatives and projects and plans. It's about God. It's about doing God's will. 2,000 years later, our job is still to preach repentance. And then it says triumphantly at the end, and I'll close with this, the 12 drove out many demons. Still our job, friends, we the descendants of that original band of 12 who have gone out trusting in God's providence, not relying on our own um, skills. We go out preaching repentance. We go out preaching Jesus Christ. And we go out still with His authority, an authority that is capable of addressing all the darkness around us at all levels. Our job is still to drive out the demons, still to change minds, still to proclaim the Word. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the Word on Fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.